0: This is a podcast from
1: Rover. Rex today with NetSpeed. Connecting the country and now with mobile phones.
0: G'day there New Zealand, how are you getting on today? This is Rex today, I'm Dominic George, we're here until 12.30 thanks to the team as always at NetSpeed. Now coming up between now and 12.30 in a moment we're going to be catching up with the Agricultural Communicator of the Year Craig Wiggy Wiggins, a couple of interesting points to cover off today then we're going to be catching up with the global dairy trade event from overnight, prices up 2%, that's the second uh, rise on the bounce for the GDT auction, it's been a good month, uh, September and uh, we're going to be talking of course with our man Analyst from NZX, Stu Davison, about that and the implications of it. So that's all to come between now and 12.30. But first up on the program today, uh, every couple of weeks we get this bloke on. He is the Agricultural Communicator of the Year, Craig Wiggins. Craig, nice to have you back on the show, pal. How are you?
1: Yeah, not too bad, mate. How are you? It's not, bad. Be, uh, not, not bad. It's great to be again. Yeah. 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 yeah.
0: What's been happening? No, Actually, good. I read your... Your opinion piece that you uh, that put out about a week ago, and I thought oh, I must talk to you about that. It's under the heading of "We're losing good people." What was all that about?
1: Yeah, mate. It, it's um, just in the last couple of three weeks, I've had uh, three farmers from um, between here, which is basically the main road of Ashburton and Ricoire, um, and Methven, say to me they're, they're pulling up stumps. They've had enough. They're um, they're going to go. And, well, one of them's going to go and um, you know pick up a welder and and go back on wages. They they just they just feel that um they're putting all the effort in the world in and, and they're doing a really good job but uh once again regulations and, and uh staffing issues are, are just making it too hard and um they can sort of see other people getting on with their lives and enjoying um the weekends and bits and pieces and, and these guys are sort of uh forty forty to fifty five ish and um and they're leaving the industry and, and uh they've still got so much more to offer. they only you know, I, I equated it to being like a like a ride, uh, you know, you buy an admission ticket when you choose your career, but uh, they they getting off halfway through the ride, mm. and um, they're done and dusted. And and it's a real shame because they're all of that age that uh, they have a lot to offer back to the industry, um, whether that's mentoring or governance or or just um, you know helping out uh, young people as they go. But um, yeah, that's uh, I think that's a state of the times. And uh, and I also talked a little bit in there about the fallout of. Um, you know, uh, unwellness, mental unwellness, and and how uh, some of that turns up in the kids that sitting on the bus for or at school, you know, and things aren't quite the same as they always used to be. Mm. So yeah, it's it's uh, it's it's got a bit of gravity and. Um, and a few people have read
0: it, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's look at the um, the first part of that in terms of people walking off the land. So you've had sort of three people that you know just in your area in the last uh, in the last sort of week or two. Um, I've come across two um, that I've heard of doing exactly the same thing, and anecdotally, uh, lots of people around the country are reporting the same sort of thing. You know, two or three here and there. Uh, but you add all those up, and then you you have to think to yourself: Is there a wee trend developing here?
1: Yeah, I definitely think there is, mate. The the, um, the leadership issues that we've got uh, at the moment, um, a little bit of the, you know, the toing and froing with all the different um, advocacy bodies that are are in uh, rural New Zealand, and, and some of them feel that they've been let down by that. And and I guess too, yeah, you know, these days there is a lot of choices. There is plenty of work out there. If you can turn your hand to something, you're going to get a job. And and some pretty good wages too, and and we all know that farmers don't get a lot of cash flow mm. or time or time off. And you know some of them are making this decision for their own well-being and, and health, and you've got to admire that. And that will let other young people, or young uh, farmers, come in. Um, I I do tend to think that sometimes that might also let corporate um, farms in, which aren't always uh, what we need. Because yeah,
0: that's the flip side, isn't
1: it? Yeah, so you know we do need. I, I totally totally believe we we need family farms. Um, for for many reasons, you know. There, there needs to be a balance of both. And um yeah, so you, you know, you look at them and you say, Oh well, unless you're making a choice before something happens or you don't uh you know, you leave it too late and, and I guess now's the time to get out if, if commodity prices and land prices are still up and, and stock prices are still up. So uh you know they they're leaving um they're leaving in a in a good space for them. Uh, it's a big decision. I sold um, our family farm to to move to Ashburton, and probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Um, but in, in all honesty, it, it for me it worked. Um, mm. It's not it's not going to work for everybody, but you've got to do what's right at the time. But yeah, I think um, there's a bit of despondency out there if you're looking at trends.
0: Yes, agreed, and um, you know it does lead me to think as well. Uh, I can see the headline popping up in some um, trade magazine or something uh, in the next wee while. You know, is this the end of the uh, you know is this the end of the New Zealand family farm kind of thing? Because you're right to mention the corporate uh, aspect to it. There, I think that's uh, what we're going to see a lot more of. Because when you consider things like succession planning and stuff, and as you quite rightly pointed out, uh, the ability to use a lot of the skills that uh, farm, most farmers have you know, probably got about, you know, uh, about a dozen things that you could turn your hand to um, with with reasonable proficiency for good wages. And then you look at maybe a neighbour or someone you know that's done the same thing and all of a sudden they've got a bit of money in the bank, they don't bring the work home on the weekends and, uh, you know, you can see the appeal, Um, although for some people it's obviously a case of, well, this is what I like doing, Um, despite all the paperwork, I want to stay doing what I'm doing, you know? Yeah, and I think
1: I think you raised some good points there, Dom. You know, I mean, if you're going to sell the the, the asset and and you've got a bit of cash left over, you might get that house in Acklins and Melbourne Sounds as exactly. well. Exactly. Yeah. And and you know, you're looking at uh, maybe your kids are growing up and and they've got not a chance with the cost of um, land and that to get in. And and you're thinking, what are, what's in it for me for the next twenty years? Mm. So you so you're checking out, but. Um, yeah, also those skills that are that come to you as a as a young person working on a farm, especially a family farm, uh when you grow up um kicking around with dad and, and learning how to fix things number eight wire type, uh, they do pertain to being able to get a job at, and, and and put put your hand into a lot of um different things over the years and and I mean I'm classic for that, twenty eight thirty different career changes in my life. Um but I do think that uh we we do have to foster uh, the relationship with these people and see why they're why they're moving off. But at the end of the um, at the end of the day, you know, I, I've, I've said at the end of that article, we just cannot afford economically to have these things happening, in New Zealand, um, because if people aren't performing and, and good people are leaving the industry, we'll never get them back. And, yeah, and precisely. At the moment, and I just I just think we need to really look at why this is happening. And I've pretty much pointed the bone at those that are in leadership and said, look, you guys are making it just a bit too tough out here and uh, people have had enough. You know, people will stay working in their passion um, which is why you choose a career at the start, mm-hmm. for, as, for as long as they feel appreciated. And yeah. the moment they don't feel appreciated, they go on burgers.
0: Well, it's also just too difficult, isn't it? Uh, it's The common complaint I hear is that it's just it's, it's too hard, like in terms of you're not just having to um, you know farm, it's all the other stuff that goes along with it. And, you know, you just get a headache thinking about it, don't you? So uh,
1: Yeah, and you can't get the staff to help. You know, a lot of these guys are working um, daylight till dusk and then going home and having to do the compliance and regulations and, and stuff like that, and and so they don't even get the sit down after tea with the family. That there's always a pile of paperwork to do, um, and and you know it's just it's just tough. And uh, I, I just uh, I think that you've got to do what you've got to do for your for yourself. But I just uh, I thought I'd put it out there a little bit.
0: I think you're yeah, right. I think regulation and rules, etc., whatever you want to call it, compliance, compliances a million things you can call it. Uh, I think that's. It's not too much of a stretch to say that that's forcing people off the land.
1: Yeah, and the doubling up on everything too. You know, none of these, um, none of these regulations and compliance issues, and, and also the record keeping, all matches up. You can't just hit um, cut and paste on a lot of this stuff. It's all
0: you got to enter all, the same data into about a hundred different apps different and stuff. System, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Systems, you know, and, and uh, yeah, you end up with square eyes. You spend that much time looking at a screen.
0: Yeah. Mm, geez. yeah, Um One so could anyway, moving on. <laughs> one 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 could uh, make some pies instead. Oh yeah, I, s- I sent you that photo, didn't <laughs> I? I, know, I knew I know, you, know, you sent me on the. the, the oh man, no, I sent you the. Uh, you sent me the pies photo, and I'm like, I bet you, if I know Wiggy, and uh, you know, you actually got some culinary skills. To be fair, I I said I bet you there's venison in those, and, and I was right.
1: Yeah, mate, um, I've just about run out of venison, so if anybody's got a uh, got a little hunting block that I could go and get some more, I'd really appreciate it, shameless plug. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, look, and uh, yeah, I do do a bit of cooking, Dom, and I find it quite relaxing and, and actually just something that uh, that I enjoy doing that sort of, that, you know, you just get involved in it. And um, yeah, there was some venison left over at the bottom of the freezer yesterday, and I thought, oh, I really need to use that up. And um, and so the old pies came to, came to the fore. And um, What else was yeah, in
0: there? Mushrooms?
1: Yeah, a few juniper berries and mushrooms. Oh. Uh, good, uh, a good gravy mix that I make with casseroles and. Uh, Look at you yeah.
0: go! That's gourmet stuff, Wiggins.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's good, you know. Like, and if you're going to cook, you must do it properly because.
0: Oh yeah.
1: Enjoy good food, so yeah. So I, I could curry one down for you, mate, but there's a good chance it'll get lost.
0: Yeah, I would have thought so. Um, you're you're a busy boy. Yeah, uh, you you go doing some stuff in Oxford and Lincoln in the uh, the next sort of wee while?
1: Yeah, um, on the speaking circuit a little bit around uh, mental health and, and well-being um, just, and also just making sure people lean on a gate and talk to a mate and, and all those things. So Oxford Lions uh, tomorrow night and then next week Tasman Young Farmers and um, I'll put a plea out to anybody who wants to turn up at Lincoln next week um, check out that Tasman Young Farmers page, I've got myself there and, and a couple of others and uh, once again just making sure people are, are connected and resilient and uh, learning how to look after themselves and, and um, For me, it's about empowering communities. There's a whole lot of good people out there in communities that really want to help help out and and make sure people are uh, in a good space. And uh, I think if we can empower... I've always said this. If we can empower our communities to be strong and have lots of things for people to do and keep checking on each other and get out of our cell phones a little bit, um, that's the secret for me as far as mental health and wellbeing. So that's my uh, that's my catchline. I'll be stuck into
0: it. Nicely done. Um, yeah. Do you see we've got a uh, a new addition to the uh, Rex Stable Wiggy?
1: Yeah. You and I might uh, might have a good voice mate in the face of radio, but uh, <laughs> you know, obviously we're we're not young and sprightly enough to uh, to get the full time gig. I. I uh, I'm a little bit. You can put it on to Nick Fisher that I didn't even get a look in, so he's not getting a pie.
0: Oh no, you would have got. You would have got a look in, but no, no. Well, it's just one of those things, isn't it? You know, and uh, he's 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 very good at uh, at, at recruitment of uh, at recruitment of talents. Ah, you, you get enough time on this show, Wiggy. What do you need more for?
1: No, I'm, I'm a bit short of time anyway. Yeah, exactly, you're moment. a busy man. I do, I do wish. Um, I do wish the, the young lady uh, really well, and, and hopefully she um, can liven up the show and and, yeah. bring, a, bring, uh, and bring a youthful perspective to it. And exactly.
0: So. No, she's a clever girl. Rebecca Greaves is her name. She's coming on That's with right. uh, with Hamish Mackay. I've been in that uh, doing that for about sort of sort of six months or so, I think, something like that. And it's been a heck of a lot of fun. And I'll jump back in from time to time as well. But it was just one of those things where there's uh, you know some uh, more exciting projects down the uh, down the line that we're uh, that we're going to tackle. So we're uh, get, get stuck into uh, to a few of those.
1: Yeah, I'm speaking on that too, Dom. You know, it's coming up to that Christmas crazy time and and everybody, I mean, I've got... some radish seed getting planted today and, and um, some other crops going in shortly, too. But, you know, everybody's sort of going to be whining and spinning wheels from now till uh, Christmas. Make sure you take time to look after yourselves. Lean on that gate, talk to a mate. And uh, if you can, um, cook a pie or, or uh, sit down and eat one with your family.
0: Cook take a pie. Venison, yeah. mushroom, and juniper berry. There's a recipe for you, people. Good on you, Craig Wiggins. As always an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Hey, thanks, Tom. Stu Davison up next.
1: Rex today with NetSpeed internet till the cows come home.
0: All right, we're looking at GDT and uh, overnight the global dairy trade event up two percent. That's two uh, rises on the bounce now. Stu Davison from NZX is our dairy analyst. He joins us once again G'day, Stu, how's things?
2: Good. Dom's stuck in Nelson, but
0: I uh, can't complain, really. <laughs> One of those days, pal, you know. Yeah, one of those days. One of them days. Hey, um, so 2%, uh, yeah, what do you make of it? What are the big takeaways from this particular auction? Uh, big takeaway is
2: uh, probably the fact that the physical lined up with the market. And what I mean by that is uh, this auction agreed with the futures directions that we're seeing in the, in the futures market there. And the positive out of that is that it's really good for dairy going forward. Um, demand came forward and sort of, um, you know, popped the prices up to where we thought, you know, where the market thinks it's going to be, um, and that's really positive. Looking forward, considering the futures, expect prices to continue to rise going forward.
0: Yeah, I had a look at the. Um, I think you must have put something out yesterday around what uh, you expected out of the uh, out of the auction, and uh, yeah, pretty much um, those predictions were kind of reasonably accurate.
2: Yeah, I was, I was actually pretty happy when I woke up and saw the. Uh, the result lined up where I was expecting it to sit, um, especially milk powder because there's been so much uncertainty around that one for a while. So it's really positive and good for milk price here in New Zealand. Um, and, and really important to remember, humble powder and A&S and Cheddar, you know, the real winners this morning, are actually at a pretty serious discount to the rest of the world. So positive to see the market coming to New Zealand and Oceania especially and, and uh, buying the product when they need it.
0: Yeah, the whole milk powder, so that was up 3.7% and um, you've said in your report that uh, this uh, price increase will spur uh, whole milk powder futures higher again, uh, a 5% increase across the current forward curve. Um, has it sitting at 4000 US a tonne by the end of the year?
2: Yeah, definitely and this is really uh, sort of intriguing for the market, so there's a lot of uh, trepidation or uh, um, estimation of when we're going to hit 4000 a tonne for whole milk powder again and uh, there's a few conversations happening within the market about, you know, can it happen before Christmas or before the end of the year? Will it happen? And uh, a month ago, it was sort of speculated that you know, this very unlikely. We've moved a lot higher in the last month, and you know, this result puts a little bit more emphasis to go higher again. And, you know, when you put it into context of only 5% by the end of the year rise in powder price, it's quite doable. So it's really a, a move in the market. And you know, to get back to 4,000 a tonne by the end of this year is... Quite substantial, you know. That, that's really pushing milk price along here in New Zealand, and um, talking into the, the sort of range of what the milk price futures are talking at the eight. Uh, sorry, the nine dollar ninety mark at the moment, which is which is quite exciting and touching on ten again.
0: Yeah. Um. So where did the buyers come from for this particular auction, Stu?
2: Yeah, you picked a good one here, mate. Uh, so China <laughs> was the biggest buyer here, and it's what we expected. We needed China to come back at this auction to actually bump things along. Uh, you know, Southeast Asia and the Middle East had a really big showing at the last auction. We didn't expect them to come back as strong like this one, which they didn't as the strong as last time, but China was there to bulk things along, which was good. Um, but must, must mention, Southeast Asia's demand was was pretty strong comparatively, so just behind North Asia. So um, Asia did the, the heavy lifting, but once again, Europe and Africa were there again picking up what they could or what they needed, which is, again, really uh, an insight to how tight milk is on the other side of the world. So, um, you know, see demand is in the market and firm, but I'm not brave enough to say demand is definitely solid. A real key one here um, around the market is that, you know, we see that U.S. dollar is really strengthening at the moment. The U.S. Federal Reserve is hiking their, um, their rates, trying to control inflation. That's going to hurt buyers internationally um, as their buying power against the U.S. dollar de- you know, really decreases. Um, so we kind of see this one as maybe a, a, bargain, a bargain hunter special sort of a GVT auction before the U.S. dollar hikes again.
0: Yeah, that US dollar thing, is um been reading a wee bit about that recently. And, uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, um, no, depending on which side you look at it from, there's good there's good points and bad points uh, for, for that.
2: Yeah, oh, exactly right. You know, a lower US dollar for us, you know, the NZD USD cross is always positive in terms of milk price. You know, we're just under the handle, which is, which is really handy, actually. Um, you know, seen 59 there is, mm. is positive for milk price, but uh, it comes at the cost of our buyers on the other side um, you know, just been burnt a little bit, bit bit harder than they have, not to mention everything happening within their own economies too. So, uh, you know, a bittersweet sort of a symphony there, to be honest.
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh, well said. Very good. And, um, yeah, and, of course, if you're going to holiday in the United States, it's probably not the greatest time to do that either, is it?
2: Yeah, exactly right. I was going to say, if you buy anything in the U.S. or you go in there, it's not very positive, but, uh, <laughs> Yeah. the other way, how good, how good.
0: Yes, uh, precisely. So, um, to sum up the auction, then, how would you, uh, how would you give it a, you know, to put a full stop on this particular one? What would you say? I
2: would say uh, good to see that the physicals match in the futures market expectations, and if we are looking at where we are now compared to last year, and we can follow the same path we saw last year, it's looking pretty positive going for the rest of the season. So, selling a big bulk of um, volume of commodities, so really good place to be. Uh, for dairy right
0: now. Speaking of rest of the season, right? So I was having a look <laughs> at the Formula One <laughs> segue. Um, yeah, so obviously the Russian GP was gone. Um yep. It was cancelled, so we don't go to Singapore until like early October. So that's a couple of weeks away.
2: I've got, I've got withhold, um, withdrawal problems. Yeah. Right, mate. It's been too long. I'm, I'm having a rewatch. You know, highlights. Yeah. The- <laughs> um, yeah. Singapore next, which would be you know pretty exciting. Can't can't you know complain about a night race. Right?
0: And um, what have we got, five, six, about six rounds left, I think. But your man, Max Verstappen, and your Red Bull guys there, they've got that sewn up. I mean, that's uh, it's a lay down, isn't it?
2: Oh, I was going to say, I think he, he'll probably come third or fourth for the next few, just to give someone else. Some yeah. <laughs> uh, I think he's got it to I don't like
0: his name on the, on the trophy, to be honest. Yeah, I reckon so, I reckon so. Hey, listen, uh, Stu Davison from NZX, as always, really appreciate your time your expertise on the program. Go well.
2: No problem, Dom. Thanks for having me, mate.
0: couple of interesting stories to come out today sharing and wool handling training organisations in New Zealand and Australia they've signed a memorandum of understanding in a bid to address labour shortages quite a good move this one New Zealand's elite wool training industry signed the MOU with wool grower owned Australian wool innovation and their largest sharing and wool handling training organisation as well and basically what it'll do is uh, it'll allow the training organisations to work together on sharing and wool handler training consistencies which is good news um, as a couple of stories have pointed out online. There's uh, the transient nature of the uh, the workforce so that's seen ever increasing numbers of shearers and wool handlers actually travelling across both sides of the ditch for work experience but uh, different training in New Zealand and Australia means that gangs are not always aware of how things work in both countries. So hopefully this will uh, try and uh, alleviate some of those problems. as a lack of sharers and skilled uh, wool handlers as well over the past couple of years as we've spoken about and that's seen the cost of sharing increase by about 20% in New Zealand. Also uh, today, uh, here's an interesting one from Stuff. Job hunters might be looking for a lifestyle and career change on the farm if Trade Me data is anything to go by. So the site said that agricultural jobs are the most viewed listings for last month and the top five job listings were for South Island agriculture, fishing and forestry roles and of the 100 most viewed listings in August, more than half, about 55% were in those particular categories and uh, Trade Me is saying that 18 of the most popular listings were for sheep and a further nine for stock managers. So there you go. The most popular listing was actually for a station cook, gardener and handyman in Queenstown Lakes, surprisingly, which uh, had about 4,000 views in just a couple of weeks. And transport and logistics are also uh, popular as well. That is the show for today. As always, thanks very much for your company. Don't forget to check out netspeed.net.nz. Unlimited rural broadband from just 99 bucks a month. Mark and Leah next. Rex today. With NetSpeed. Internet solutions for everyone. Talk to them today.